Muscle Podcast, the home for all things fitness, longevity, and nutrition. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of the Mature Muscle Podcast. So today I've got uh, Sally McGinn, who's uh, an exercise psychologist. She's um, formed a company called Mind Odyssey, and uh, she works with teams, some of the Paralympic teams, and a lot of individuals. We talk about that. And um, she focuses mostly on how you develop focus, motivation, and uh, improved mental performance. So today we kind of talk about how you can apply that to gym people, um, so how we can carry that over to people struggling in their, in their workouts, uh, maintaining good diet, and um, and just hitting their goals. So that's what we chat about today. So let's dive straight in. Welcome, Sally. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for being on body. I love ch- chatting to psychologists because they make me feel really stupid. And it's, they, they, <laughs> they, can, they, can, they can bring things out that you don't really think about in a, you know, in normal conversation. So, yeah, thanks for coming on. So, um, first of all, would you give us a little background into your kind of introduction into, into sports psychology and performance and, and just go from there and see um, see what we can chat about from that? Yeah, so um, sports psychology is a second career for me. I was in corporate IT for 28 years. And so I've got quite a lot of life experience that I can bring into the current role I'm doing. I'm, I've been doing probably sports psychology now for a good six or seven years full time. Um, I'm lucky enough to work with some amazing clients and some amazing teams so such as GB wheelchair rugby GB para badminton um, I work with a national league one rugby team and women's England lacrosse so I've got some really sort of wildly different uh, clients that I work with and I've got some individual clients myself so I feel very honoured to work with these people who are aspiring to be the best that they can at their sport. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I, I I love watching the wheelchair rugby. It's just bananas. They, they, they've got wheelchairs. If nobody's if nobody's listening to this, uh, sorry, if people listen to this and they haven't seen it, I suggest you try you have a watch because it's crazy. They these uh, wheelchairs are a bit like tanks, aren't they? Yes, they. Um, it's it's like bumper cars. Actually. Yeah, they're basically you know, smashing they really, into each other. Yes, but it's a non-contact sport, so they get penalised if they touch each other. They're trying to get the ball, and they actually touch each other. So oh, right. oh, I didn't even know that. I didn't into, know that. Yeah, they're allowed so, to smash into the chairs, but they're not allowed to touch each other. <laughs> right. So the wheelchairs are fair game. They can demolish those, but they can't actually touch each other. I didn't know that. All right. Because yeah, I've seen people most- get knocked out of chairs before. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so one of, one of the most important people on the support staff team is the mechanic. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, so he runs on, particularly when there's punctures, they're, they're very well prepared in terms of changing wheels very quickly. It's like a Formula One oh, wow. uh, team. Yeah. Slick. <clears throat> so brilliant. Thanks for that little bit of background. So if we, t- if we move on now to just, to, I want to bring this into the people who might be listening to this um, and interested in how, you know, you can maybe chat about this and some ideas about how it's easier to stick to exercise because that's one thing that comes up time and time again is why is it we find it so hard? You know, we all know how good it is for us. But there seems to be a massive mm-hmm. disconnect in talking people into uh, firstly starting exercise if they don't want to and also then maintaining it because 
you know, the attrition rate for gyms is terrible. It's kind of like, you know, 50% of people will drop out in the first six months and, you know, and, and it can be worse depending on the exercise. So can you, can you um, give us maybe a bit of background if it's relevant to why that is and why, what we can do about it <laughs> if we can? Yeah. So, so motivation is, is the key factor. You know, why, why do people do what they want to do? Yeah. And um, that motivation has to come from within. So we can we can you know we can often um, work with people who want to win or want to beat or um, want to you know get one over someone else. Yeah. But ultimately, their external rewards, you know, right. and they're very uh, limited in terms of that motivational factor. So you know, once you've won a medal, that's great. But then what keeps you going for the next four years to the next yeah. Olympics, for example? So when you do, so like with exercise, you know, well, I've lost my weight. Okay. So what's next? Yeah. So it's kind of like, what is that internal desire? What is it that gets you out of bed, gets you out doing stuff um, and understanding what really makes you tick? Because then if you understand that internal desire, that motivation, think it's a lot easier then to go and do something and stick to it like exercise um so many people will say i want to lose weight okay so what's what's the goal what's the why why is it you want to lose weight well because then i feel you know and and sort of keep nurturing that why question uh so why are you doing it what is the reason keep reminding yourself of that so it's worth digging down into, you know, if you if you look at someone just individually, you can say, mm. like you said, if their if their initial um, response is yes to lose weight, mm. then you know if you dig deeper, it's why is it you don't you feel very confident? Don't you, you know? So then you can dig into that and say, well, you want to feel more confident. I want to go. I'm going to. Then you maybe find that this has happened with me anyway. You might find well, I'm going to a wedding next year. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, feel like I'm the only fat mom there or, you know, something like that. They can, so if you dig down into that, that might really help. Yeah. Um, you know, I, from personal experience, you know, I, I didn't want to be fat at 50. Yeah. So I, I made a decision and what inspired me was seeing pictures of other people and what they'd done. And then I had to work out what that's all well and good seeing what they've done, but I'm not going to achieve what they've achieved because they're, they're achieving something different. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's drilling down into um, re- that, that why question. We're very good. When we get older, we don't ask the why question, you know, kids at six, seven, eight years old, they yeah. go, why are we doing this? Why, yeah. why yeah. is that mummy? Why is that? But we stop asking that why question because often we feel it, um, it's going to, be rude to ask why are you doing this yeah um and uh yeah digging down so you want to lose weight okay so what what's the reason for losing weight you know and it could be my doctor has made my diabetes you know that's that's quite a common one isn't it yeah so I've got diabetes I need to I need to you know uh work on that um that it may be that they you know other health reasons um like you say, I've got a wedding. I don't want to be the one that looks a bit podgy, you know, in the in the wedding photos. Yeah. So it's really digging down into that and making sure there's there's targets. And then it's about chunking it down. So it's not this big elephant that says, I want to lose weight. 
which looks massive, it's like, it's going to be hard work. It's then, right, let's, let's chunk this down. Let's make it easier to work towards mini targets or mini aims, Mm. because then you've got able to track a journey, which then helps you build your confidence. Cause you look back and you go, Oh, last week, yeah, I wasn't yeah. able to do. I wasn't able to do, you know, three squat thrusts. Yeah. This week I can do four squat thrusts. Yeah. Well, I must yeah. be getting better. So it's kind of, you know, we've got the big goal. I want to lose weight. Okay, now let's chunk it down and make them really nice, achievable, challenging targets, but something that you know that you can do and you can look back and go. Yeah, I've done that. And that's what helps them with confidence as well, because you can see your journey yeah. through that. Yeah, if I've got online clients, I'll um when I program them a workout, there'll be an area where they can note down how they've done in that workout. So I'll generally give three to four week chunks of so they can see progression for that. Rather than just give a random workout and then another random workout, I'll give progression so they can see, right, well, I, I did three of those last week. I've done five this week. Yeah, like you said, mm. it's nothing Nothing motivates you more than seeing progress, does it? That's the thing. Yeah. You see nothing, yeah. you put a lot of effort in and you're getting nothing back. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's so easy then just to throw in the towel and say, well, it didn't work for me. That's, that's the and frustrating I think, thing I see. <clears throat> I think one of the sort of areas that uh, I personally got stuck with, and, and maybe there's some others, is that you, join, you sign up to a gym and then you go to a class and the class is the same every week. Yeah. But there's no there's no form of you recognizing how you're doing in that class. Yeah. You know, because there's no time for that because of the, the way it's put up. So I think sometimes the situation that someone is in doesn't isn't always conducive to motivation in terms of keeping going. You know, yeah. and if I think about it in a sport context we train in blocks. We don't train, you know, we're aiming towards Paris 2024. We don't have a training block of two years. We've chunked it down. Yeah. Because, because we've got various comps leading up to Paris. And it's the same with, you know, exercise. Like you say, you've got four or five week blocks Mm. and then you, you give them a chance to say, well, how's it gone? Yeah. Reflect on it. Look at, look at where you've come from. Yeah. So do you use um obviously when you're working with athletes it's going to be different but do you periodize your your um your training in in blocks like that so you might have a strength phase a conditioning more of a conditioning emphasis phase or do you you know how does it work with athletes Yeah so if I take for instance my para badminton we yeah. we have competitions throughout the year and we've got worlds at the end of this year so worlds is the big picture yeah. And what we what we do then is have a training block. So we've just had finished a training block with going to a competition. They yeah. then have three or four days off. Now we're back into a new training block. And um, we know from the previous training block what what we need to work on. Yeah. And we know from the competition what we need to work on as well. So, you know, what was good, what was not so good. And then head coach will put in a training block that says, right, this is what it's going to look like. And it's, it's quite individualized for the, for okay. the athletes yeah. because it's an individual sport, right? So we yeah. need to individualize it. And also their disabilities are going to adapt to what they can and can't do. Yeah. And then S and C and physio work very closely together because 
they need to make sure that we're strengthening them in the right way and we're not going to injure them in a way because of their, their disability or the way they move or what functions they have. Yeah. And then and then you've got sort of the extra support, which is the psychs, performance, lifestyle, nutrition, supporting all that and how we lead up to. So we basically lead up to the, the, the competition. So we're leading up to the next competition, I think, is Bahrain. So we've got like an eight-week training block now. Right. And then we lead up to that. So you peak. And then we, re- and then we re- reset and then we go again. Yeah. Yeah. So the guys, the guys after Tokyo had three months off, something like that. Wow. <laughs> and and then we've had to bring them back again. So they really struggled to get back into the routine of training every day, doing all that. So we gave them two weeks to kind of just get back used to it. You know, yeah. don't there's no rush. Just get into your routine of what it is and stuff like that. And then third week, right, boom, right, yeah. here we go. <laughs> what, what, why so long on the on the off? Just as a recover, just a long recovery, or what? because because um, well because the way the Tokyo cycle works because we had that delay because of the pandemic. Oh right. So they were in training through the pandemic, whereas they would have had Tokyo twenty twenty. Then they would have had some time off, and then we would have come back to it a lot easier. Right. But they were they were training pretty much full time, and it was the only opportunity really to give them a block of time off so they could really go away, recover both physically and mentally, and then come back to it ready for Paris, which is only two years away. Yeah. So um, if we go back to motivation again, because it is such an interesting yeah. one for me. Um, it, I mean, you might have kind of all, already answered this away, but is there something like a takeaway for listeners who can, who can, if they're really struggling for things that you found of most, sorry, been most helpful for people um, to kick that motivation, you know, back in? Are there little, any little tricks or little, little, little tips that you can offer? Yeah, so I th- I think there's there's uh, sort of what well a couple of things. One is environment. Right. So you know, look think about the environment you want to work out in. You know, for some people, for some people going to a gym where it's it is purely weights and nothing else, that's not that's conducive. They enjoy that. They like going there. Others don't. Yeah, yeah, they don't like being in that. They feel a little bit, you know, vulnerable. Intimidated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And intimidated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so think about environment. Think about what a gym offers in terms of does it tick the boxes for you in terms of your motivation? Think about times of when you exercise. So people, I used to exercise in the evening. Didn't work. It was very easy for me to go, no, I'm not going tonight. Whereas mm. now I've switched completely and I exercise six o'clock in the morning yeah. and then I've got the rest of the day, you know, to sort of, so think about where exercise fits in your routine because it does, it has to work for you, not for, you know, your friend down the road or whatever it needs to work for you. So like mums, you know, there, there are probably lots of classes out there or lots of gyms out there who will be flexible to your requirements around dropping off, picking up at school, doing something in a lunchtime, you know. Um, So think about your routine and and what works for you. Are you a morning person or an evening person? You know, Mm, people work in different ways. Um, So very often that. And think about 
there's so much choice out there, I think, in terms of gym and what people offer. And particularly now we've got used to the online environment yeah. and how that works for you. Um, you know, what, what really works for you? Does face-to-face going into a gym, is that more motivational for you because you get the social connection, that sort of support network? You can go with a friend, have a buddy mm. sort of thing. Or is it actually working out on your own and having that private one-to-one? There's a cost as- aspect as well, right? So yeah. ha- how expensive is it for me to do the different things? So I think there's a variety of things that people need to just say, what's going to work for me? Right. Um, and, you know, some people like the individual, some people like to have a buddy, because often if you've got a buddy, you can kind of measure up with each other and challenge mm. each other and sort of do that sort of thing. Others, it's the social environment, you know, for them, it's getting out and having that social connection with with others outside of their, you know, normal routine. Mm. Um, yeah, So I think there's it's about what works for you as an individual. It's interesting you said about because I often um, recommend people if they can to train with a friend, because I just know that for just from personal experience and also just from from feedback from people if you know if you're if you're on that oh I can't be asked this morning you know in, in, in your mate messages as I said right what time are we meet in there you, you're gonna it's gonna take you a little bit more to cancel on him or her as well as yourself so yeah. I, I think that it helps both you know but so that, that both people will win out of that so I always say if you're the kind of person who struggles and if you've got you know you know friends around you who maybe want to do the same thing try and link up because I know that that works we're social yeah. animals, aren't we? So, yeah, you know. yeah, definitely. I, I I think that that buddy system. Yeah, you're right. You don't want to let someone down, and that's very mm. often. You know, people who come to me, they go, uh, "I'm I'm really, ch- you know, challenged with what I'm doing at the moment. I feel a bit nervous. You know, I'm, I'm struggling. I go, what makes you nervous? I don't want to let people down. I worry about what other people think. I think that's very similar in exercise. Yeah. You know, when you butter up, I don't want to let people down. But I am worried about what other people think. I think there's a body image aspect, yeah. um, particularly for people who are overweight, who who really want to go and lose weight and, and are challenged in that area. Sometimes body image is a challenge and how they get over that, too. That's a real that's that's quite a challenge. Yeah. And that, um, that's where the online stuff helps, I suppose, a bit as well, because if you don't feel quite comfortable enough to go into a room full of other people you know sweating yeah. away jumping around mm-hmm. then maybe that that would be the way forward just to get you yeah to get you started at least to get maybe give you more confidence so you, so you know what you're doing before yeah. you go into that environment yeah yeah um I think also about people sharing stories and how um you know if you've got clients who are prepared to share their story about why they took exercise what they've achieved some of the challenges they have. And I think you need to recognize that there will be times when you struggle to get out of bed to go and do your exercise because of things that have happened to you the day before or things that have happened to you during the day. And it's just, you know, taking your mind off it. And it's, it's kind of sometimes you need to give yourself permission to not feel 100% all the time. Yeah. And then allow yourself to say, okay, yesterday was yesterday and now I need to get back on it. Yeah. And and then go back to, so why am I doing this? What, you know, what drives me to do this? Or, you know, your mate says, come on, we're going out. Yeah, and even we're if doing you, it. it. 
yeah and even if you you know now that the weather I mean like today the weather is glorious you know actually getting out for 10 minutes and going for a walk Mm. is enough to start sort of god I feel better now to doing that I'm going to do more of it sort of thing well I've mentioned this story before because it's it's relevant um but I had a friend of mine who he was struggling with with bipolar and he had a few other issues mental health issues that um, but I knew that, you know, going back to the gym would massively help him just, just in, in every way, really, there isn't, there's hardly a downside on it. So mm. I, I kind of, um, just kind of going back to what you just said, then I, I said, right, just go to the gym for 20 minutes, um, and just do your favorite things and then leave. That's it. That's all I want you to do. And I, and I started him back in that way and it really worked because the pressure was off. He didn't think he had to go there for an hour and, you know, I said, yeah. just do 20 minutes once and see how you get on. And if you don't if you don't feel like doing any more than that, then just come home. That's it. And he started like that. And before you know it, he was doing an hour again. Yeah. And um, and he was loving it again. So it's it's we're we're strange. We talk ourselves out of these things, don't we? Sometimes it's it's quite it's quite. A, a, that's why I'm so fascinated by it. I think because if I could, if you could nail this down and sort it out, you'd. You'd solve a lot of problems. <laughs> I often say that. If I had a magic wand, I'd, I'd earn a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. By solving it. Ding, there you go. Yeah, that's right. You're Just... all back to normal. Yeah. But I think uh, it's, you know, going back on that, chunking it down, what you yeah. did was you chunked it down for him. You yeah. made, you made, he, what he, he couldn't see clarity. He couldn't see through the fog of what was, you know a barrier which was oh, yeah just, you know I can't get back into this and what you did was you just broke it down and said just do this one thing yeah and it'll be fine and then you know build it up from there yeah um if we go into this brings us nicely into managing emotions so poor diet is often a result of the inability to manage emotional um connections when you so forming bad emotional habits through for eating so so is there something there that you can you can help with that because i know that um you know i've i've done a few chats with people about emotional eating and i'm not 100 i've never suffered from it i'm not 100 sure how it starts what initiates that kind of bad habit and bad association with food can you shed any light on that um, well, I'm not an expert on nutrition, that's no. for sure. Um, Just the connection more than the mental connection. Yeah, I think, I think it's, um, it, it, it's what you said, which is habit. Mm. So we're very good at, at getting ourselves into a routine, into a habit, whether that's good or bad. And what, what we typically don't like is change. And mm. so for us to change a habit, people expect to do it immediately you Mm. know I'm going to stop smoking I'm going to stop eating chocolate I'm going to do that and and what it is is actually a process and you need to adapt and and do small things one thing at a time that enables you to change that habit into a better habit not necessarily a good habit but into a better habit done so it's very easy for people to go and buy food that's ready made that we can just go and eat on the go. And, you know, before the pandemic, I think lifestyles were such that people found it easier just to get in the car, go through a drive through, grab something, go and keep going, keep going, keep going. Mm, I think with the pandemic, people recognized that actually it was okay to take some time out Mm. and to actually focus on some of the good things. And I think, you know, the emotional eating, there are times when 
um, life events or events will happen where they just feel they need some comfort and that that is their natural place to go. Other people will go and talk to friends. Other people might, you know, have a drink, you know, it's, it's yeah. those sort of things. Um, and it's about getting back into a better habit and changing it slowly. But it's also trying to understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Yeah. So emotions, we often talk about emotions being good and bad. What we try and do is talk about emotions as being helpful or unhelpful. Right. So, uh, and emotions are going to be there. We can't, we can't stop emotions. Emotions Mm. are always there. Happy, sad, fearful, anxious, however it is. What we want to try and do is minimize the unhelpful emotions. Right. Makes sense. And we know. Yeah. So, and it's and and it's about understanding why we feel the way we feel. What is it that is causing me to feel this way? Because yeah, the, um, if I um, go on, I was just going to say this. Kind of the the angle I was kind of coming from was this: this is is there a way to separate this feeling of reward? You know, when you reward yourself with with food, um, and and obviously they're normally bad choices. The reward would you know you're not going to reward yourself with broccoli, are you? So. No. <laughs> you know, you, you reward yourself with something indulgent, or because you know, I've mentioned this again before in in, the, in one of the other podcasts. But quite often, you'll see people coming in for a workout, and then they go in the in the in the cafe after in the gym, and they'll they'll just blitz everything they've just done, right? With a with a muffin and a latte and a and a biscuit, and a, before you know it, they're they're in a definite, you know, they're in a net zero of what they've yeah achieved in terms of fat burning and calorie burning if you like but maybe maybe the the benefit is is something outside of that maybe the benefit is their mental health and the fact that they've gone and done it at all so it's it's it's, sometimes it's hard to not to be too critical of that do you know what I mean yes but also the reward is an external reward which goes back to motivation so when you are externally motivated the motivation is very short term when you're yeah. internally motivated it's, it's a lot more long-standing and you know you you tend to commit to things because it means so much more to you mm. so maybe it's about how do we change the reward that it is much more internal and to you that enables you to keep you know continuing in the the good habit or the better habit, which is exercising and rewarding yourself with an apple or a <laughs> banana rather than, you know, a chocolate egg. And just the thought that you have stuck to it, that is a reward in itself as well. Sometimes if you can turn it around that way, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But it definitely, it you know, again, that chocolate biscuit or that muffin is an external reward. So yeah. as much as the motivation is there, I've done it, woohoo, you know, yeah. and I go and eat my, my chocolate muffin i suspect a lot of people come out going yeah why did i do that that. yeah yeah yeah. no you're dead right you're dead right um because a lot of people you you know they maybe they don't know the calorie value of what they've eaten so they don't know how much damage they've done but they will know that they maybe shouldn't something they shouldn't have done which is going to sit with you as a negative thing isn't it or or an unhelpful yeah um which is which is why the habit takes time to to do yeah to embed i suppose yeah yeah um because i know you touch on visualization in what you do as well don't you so i wanted to talk about a bit of visualization um because i i have quite a few issues with 
uh, people have this kind of all or nothing mindset. We've talked about this on the podcast as well in in, in a past episode. Um, how you can, you know, you say, for example, you you hit Wednesday, you have a you have a couple of drinks, you know, you've been really good Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you go off the boil and you think, well, that's it, I've ruined the week. Um, so then you you proceed to, you know, self-sabotage Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then think right back on it Monday. So mm-hmm. is it, I mean, obviously you, I'm sure you've come across that kind of mindset, but is there is there any way you can kind of stop that lands that landslide once it starts? You know, on the Wednesday, when people start to think, "Oh, sod that! I've I've, I've messed up the whole week," or is it is it, is it, is there some little mechanism you can use? I'm looking for a magic pill, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think um, yeah, it's 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 really hard. It's like Christmas, isn't it? The gym membership in January goes sky high because yeah, everybody's yeah. eating too much for Christmas, and then come come March it's all sort of gone back down to normal again um there's no there's no single answer that's going to enable you to to do that (laughs) um visualization you know you talked about visualization visualization is a tool that works for some people and not others you know some people are quite visual in the way they work they like to watch people you know I'm sure you work with clients that say can you just show me how to do this yeah so they're quite visual and they want to see how it's done first before they do whatever they try the it exercise themselves. Yeah, is. Yeah, yeah exactly whereas others are quite what we call auditory so they they like the technical information they want to hear what you're saying right and okay so, um, That's interesting. it's interesting they're much more perhaps self-talk. So they might actually uh, benefit from someone being quite positive in their talk and the way they do that and sort of, you know, that side of things. Um, so they're more likely to give it a go, listen to you and then give it a go and then say, how was that? Was that right? Or rather than want you to, you know, you know, break it down visually for them. I see. Yeah. 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 So uh, different tools will work for different people um and so um yeah and that's the same with sports people if I look at our badminton players we've got some one guy who who is very visual so he'll he'll work with the coach and say I, I, I I'm not getting it show me what we're trying to do you know you can right. see he's he's watching and then once he's watched it he's kind of like right I got it yeah I can get it right Whereas we've got someone else who you just have to give him one nugget of information at a time and he clocks it, gives him time to think about it, and then he works through it. And you'll find that people are the same in in the gym side of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so but I, I, yeah, there's no single answer for your <laughs> no, for I was just, nothing. You know, that whole and, and, it, and I yeah. think it's again chunking it down. So if they've dropped off the if they dropped off on a Wednesday, then on Thursday, go and do the 10 minutes. Get outside, go and walk for 10 minutes, whatever it is, but turn up. Yeah, that, well, that's that's exactly what I say. I says, you know, draw a line under it, mental line under it. You know, it's a you know a, a bad day isn't a bad week, and try and get them back in it on the next day. But some it's some people will, will respond to that, and, and others just won't. You know, you you won't hear from them, and then you, they won't even respond to messages, and then the next minute. It's oh yeah right we're back on Monday and all good and and you think well how much damage have you done in that in those four or five days that's gonna we're constantly stepping one pe- one pace forward and two paces back you know yeah I often talk about having a choice 
So um, particularly if people come to me and they're, they're saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, and it's to do with the emotions. I'm really nervous or I'm really anxious. And I'm a, and I say, okay, so what, what do we think we can do about it? Yeah. What's the choice you have? You can choose to remain allowing the emotions to get the better of you and, and sort of try and ignore it. Or you can choose to sort of challenge the emotions and say, okay, well, what can I do about this? Is it change my situation? Is it change the environment? Is it, um, should I just do something, you know, doing nothing is an action, right? And there are yeah. consequences to that action. Yeah, definitely. It's doing something else. So it's about choice. And so, you know, maybe you say, well, that's the choice you made. Yeah. And you know what the outcome is of that choice. But if you were to make a different choice, what do you think the outcome would be? Yeah, and to explore what what they think the outcome would have been, maybe as well. To, mm. That's almost a bit of visualization in itself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Um, so the other thing I want to touch on is um, stress reduction. Um, is there is there anything there you you think would would help people listening out there who who tend to get? I mean, obviously things like mindfulness is, is something I've talked about a bit on here um are there any other techniques that you find because i know don't you, you you do nlp don't you do you do nlp i i did nlp that's um nlp is is uh marmite people love it or hate it yeah um, and, and don't really own it there are some some nice techniques in nlp that you can use and i think it's about understanding um having an understanding of the different techniques or the different um sort of theories out there is is good for a practitioner because they can be much more holistic when they're working with a client and, yeah. and have you know different different angles to come at come at sort of problem solving if you like yeah um stress reduction uh is finding out what it is that's making them stressed because everybody's yeah. stress is different yeah and if let's think about stress in different ways because actually sometimes we need to stress our body to improve it you know, to enable us to um, become stronger and fitter, we have to stress our heart and yeah. our muscles. Hormetic, okay? isn't it? Hormetic stress. Yeah. You have to you have to put it under a bit of pressure to enable yeah. to enable it to work hard and therefore strengthen. Um, and I often uh, say, you know, actually it's good to be a little bit pressurized in a, in an environment because it means you're preparing your body to go and perform. Yeah. And so, and so if you think about going to the gym or having a, having a one-to-one or whatever, you're about to perform. Yeah. Whatever that is. So, um, and so how do you prepare your body that enables you to perform? Well, you, you're going to stress it a little bit. So it's a good stress. It's going yeah. to put you under a bit of pressure and, you know, you as a, as a PT may say, right, I'm going to challenge you a little bit more today. And that's yeah. enough for them to go, Ooh, I'm yeah. not worried about that. Yeah. Uh, but actually once they've done it, they're, they're okay. So. Um, and they would so generally yeah, feel so great about it, but they've achieved yeah. something anyway. So yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. So stress, stress is twofold you've got the the stress that's good for us and actually we need to challenge ourselves and put us under a bit of pressure because that makes us fitter and stronger and then you've got the other stuff that basically fills up our bucket that is causing us to not be able to manage our day-to-day stuff 
Yeah. And that could that could be work pressures, that could be life pressures, that could be children, it could be yeah. anything that's causing us. And it's about what is it that's causing this problem at the moment? And and what can you do that enables you to manage it better? And often we are frustrated and stressed because it's we're putting a lot of energy into stuff we don't actually have control over. Oh, right. Okay. Rather than focusing on the stuff that we do have control over. And, and you know, let's look at the pandemic. The pandemic is an example where how much control did we have over going into lockdown? Yeah, well, exactly. Zero, yeah. Yeah, but but a lot of people felt they couldn't cope with that because it was such a dramatic change to their day-to-day life and their day-to-day routine and they didn't know how to do it and it's like a grief you go through a grieving process you've lost something because it's suddenly been taken away from you yeah yeah so so you know how do they then come back out of it so they become very stressed because they're like I don't know what to do I can't cope I can't cope and actually there's they're stressing over something that actually they have no control over. Yeah. But what they need, what they perhaps needed help with was, okay, let's just look at the stuff we can do and let's spend some time on that. Yeah. Because then that'll help you go, okay, I can do that and I can do that. I can't do that. So I just need to put that to one side and just focus on the stuff I can do. Yeah. And some people found that very hard. Some people found that very easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely true um it's 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 kind of like that that whole thing about you know the stoic attitude isn't it you know trying to not let things that you that are out of your control get to you some mm-hmm. people are much better than that i mean i'm in a car if i if someone cuts me up i i used to be i used to be pretty bad get mm-hmm. get really angry about things i'm i'm a lot better than i used to be but i still find yeah. that yeah that it's harder to deal with that sometimes that kind of you know, let you let it stay with you and then let it affect you when you should yeah. just let it wash over you and then done. And, and often one of the things, so like, you know, you, you talk about stress reduction, there's there's loads of things. So mindfulness, again, breathing techniques, you know, all that sort of yoga, Pilates, anything like that, that relieves stress, everyone yeah. will manage it differently. And I think it's about, again, understanding the individual and doing yeah. that. I like, you know, I like to go, and do a hit workout. I like. Yeah. I enjoy hit workout. I don't enjoy yoga. It's just too quiet for me. I like something no. that's like, God, oh, let's just really, you know, work yeah. it out, sort of thing. But it's not, you know, my husband doesn't like that. He he prefers to do different things. We're different. Probably find that mass- massively stressful. Some people would find that massively stressful. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I find um, I find heading off into the middle of nowhere on, on a mountain, you know, that's that's my way of dealing with stress. I find I feel so much better once I've come back from a hike somewhere. That's just that's just a way of dealing with it. And many people, you know, I work with people and they say, well, I'm on holiday next week, but you can call me, Sally. And I'm like, why would I call you when you're on holiday? Yeah. The point of holiday is for you to relax and recover yeah. and recuperate so that you can come back and be ready to perform again. Yeah, so I don't. I don't want to talk to you whilst you're on holiday. <laughs> so you know, in the nicest possible way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's kind of go away, enjoy yourself. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. Leave it behind. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. But um, I often, you know, stress 
yeah, stress is an individual thing and it's about understanding it. And and very often I suspect you have people that you see regularly and you may recognize when they're having a good day and when they're not having a, a good day. And I yeah. suspect you see that in just the way they talk to you and the behaviors. And maybe it's just about everything okay. Yeah. And and they're like, Yeah, 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 it's okay. And so, mm, okay. Convince mm. me. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and, the, it, and it's just saying that with with the one on one, you you do build up a good relationship with people, and you know, and you know them almost as well as sometimes you know if you've been training with them for years. I have got some clients who have been with me for 10, 15 years. Then I I know them almost as well as maybe their family do. You know, yeah. you you get you just to get to know you get in sync with people, and you get to know how they are, and if they're not right, you know that as well. So it is helpful as on a on a trainer side. And um, I think I think um, you know the roles we do where people come to us for a service. Yeah. You know, they come to you for a service. Often it's about you. You are the strategy for them. So actually, yeah. them engaging with you is enough to make them feel better. Yeah, definitely. Whether, whether they do mm. the class right or wrong or whatever, actually, but they've got up and they've done it. Yeah. You know, so uh, I think sometimes we have to consider that, that we are we are the strategy sometimes. And yeah. as long as we give them time to air and and let go of some stuff, that's yeah. often enough. And you, know, you end up being a bit of a sounding board sometimes anyway, you know, because yeah. you're an impartial, you know, observer who can give you an honest yeah. answer. Yeah. You're not emotionally connected, which yeah. is often very important. Yeah, definitely. Listen, that's brilliant. I really enjoyed that. Um, we're, we're just over half an hour now, so that's perfect. Um, is there anything you, in terms of social media handles you'd like to let us know about? I'll put all these in the show notes as well, but so I'll get them off to, afterwards. When, when we sign off from here, I'll um, I'll carry on chatting with you So when I stop the recording. But if you've got any, um, just drop them in now because people can have a quick look. Is, is there anything you've, do you do, do, you, do you do Twitter or do you do, do anything else? Um, I do Twitter and Instagram. You're going to ask me what my Instagram handle is, and I have no idea. No, don't worry, then. Don't worry. Give it, give, it, give it to me later. I'll put it in the show notes. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, Mind Odyssey is my um, company name. Uh, it's me, myself, and I. That's it. Um, and um, But, yeah, if you, if you look for Sally McGinn, sports psychologist, you'll, you'll probably find me. Yeah. Um, somewhere around so yeah uh twitter and instagram is probably my two areas that i work in mainly lovely i'll put all that on the show notes anyway so that's fine okay right i think Thanks, i Sally. think one thing one thing i just want to oh, go on. yeah. over for people to think about is when the, when they're worried about going into doing something and particularly when people are worried about going into a new environment or in a gym environment or a class and it's new and you know i i often get my clients to think about the difference between courage and confidence right because courage is about going off and doing something regardless of how you feel and once you've done it you probably build confidence from that right whereas confidence is about being ready and you feel good and you're, you're ready to go and you've got the confidence to go and do something so often it takes courage to get up, go to the gym and do it. But once you've done it, it will build your confidence to go back again. Yeah. And I often get people to think about how courage can play a role in helping them move forward. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. 
because each time you do it, you build that little bit more confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much. That was lovely. Okay. And um, yeah, I'll I'll drop all that information on the um on your website, etc., onto the show notes. Cheers, yeah. Okay. If you enjoyed this episode of Mature Muscle, please subscribe and find us on most social media. Until next time, stay shredded.